0: All right, we are here live with Olin Wallace. Uh, welcome to What's Cooking in Country Music. How you doing, man? Doing good, doing good. How you doing, buddy? No, I can't complain. All right, so on your Instagram, it says you are from a small town in Minnesota. Uh, tell me a little bit about that small town where you're from.
1: So where I'm from, population sign says like 262 people. Um, grew up with a really small... Uh, high school class, we didn't have very many kids. Um, we actually ended up combining um, with the neighboring town. So I graduated with probably 50 kids, but it's three towns. And then I also grew up right next to a Native American reservation. So once they would get to seventh grade, they would come over and join our school too. So it was basically four towns and it was still only a graduating class of 50 kids. So. As small as we, as small as it can be, it's still be called the town. I
0: guess is, is how it was. And then that's over in Minnesota, you said, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much. We're like an hour south of Canada. Um, it's actually, okay. It's faster to get to Canada by boat than it is by car, because of all the lakes and the way you got to go around all of it.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm local towards you. I'm from uh, Wisconsin, so.
1: Okay. A couple
0: of areas doing a country music podcast today. Are you a are you Pack fan? I am a Packers fan. Uh, not this year. Right. I'm not, right. your, your, <laughs> yeah. your Vikings are looking all right, but my uh, my brother in law
1: is a big Packers fan, but my sister's a big Vikings fan, so they have a split household. Yep. So yeah, we need we need a season, man. We've we've it's been a long time coming. So I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want to jinx this or anything. So I'm just gonna every Sunday put on my purple and gold and cheer for my boys and keep my mouth shut and just
0: <laughs> hopefully it works out for you. Well, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. It'd be cool to see him do something better than the Bears, but
1: I see that's what that's where Packers and Vikings fans agree. Yep. We might we might disagree with each other, but as long as you're not a Bears fan, yeah, we
0: hate the Bears. All right, so you're from, from Minnesota, middle of nowhere. Now you're living in Nashville. Uh, what, what brought you out there? If, or if it was just music that brought you out there, are you doing anything extra out there? Uh,
1: so I have a kind of a long story in music. I'll keep it slightly short. So originally um, I came out to Nashville. I wasn't going to be an artist. I wasn't going to songwriter do music. I was actually going to do audio engineering. So I was still going to be in the music industry, um, but I wasn't planning on taking this path exactly. Um, went to college for my, my degree in audio engineering, um, right after college, got a job doing live sound, um, had some friends that were in a couple bands that did some songwriting and I wrote a little bit with them and I was like, man, this is, this is a really cool thing. Kind of became a hobby a little bit. And my grandfather used to sing and write songs a long time like back in the, the late seventies, um, around that time is when he came down to Nashville and I was, so I was, always mesmerized by him, but I was like, man, I don't, I don't think I have the talent kind of a deal. didn't really want to pursue it. And then that little trigger in the back of my mind was, was started to roll and it was like, man, we could do this. This is something we could do. So I did it more and more. And then I'm pretty new to this, I would say. So I started my artist career right when COVID hit. So I lost, um, after the shutdown happened, pretty much everyone that worked in live sound lost their job. All of us, there was no shows going on. So I basically sat in my apartment in Nashville with my guitar and just started writing and writing and writing and, and playing and playing and trying to get as good as I could get and get a lot better. And then once stuff started to open up, that's when I came back out and was like, all right, I'm going to play some shows. I'm going to get going. And, and that's really what turned me um, and I, and you know, without, COVID was a horrible thing and we always keep, we keep talking about it and we're all pretty sick of hearing about it, but without that, you know, force of being by myself and starting to write and doing all those things, you know, that's, that was a big piece of it that helped me a lot. So originally I came down here, do audio, um, started writing, got some friends in some bands. They turned me on and playing music. Um, most of those people don't live here anymore, um, so I kind of had to start from scratch again once COVID was over. But yeah, that's that's the short version.
0: I like that. It's a good story. So you said you you write your own. So you're writing your own songs. Uh, is there anyone else in that writers room, or are you just kind of flying solo right now, still trying to find more people to add to that room? It really depends. Um,
1: you know, there's they always say there's three there's three reasons to write a song. You write a song for you, you write a song for someone else, or you write a song because the song's really good. And uh, I love co-writing. Um, usually my uh, the way it works for me is I will come up with an idea at work or driving somewhere or sitting in the living room or trying to go to sleep at night, wherever it is. I'll come up with an idea. I'll make a small voice memo on my phone or type out a note. And then I'll come into my studio here and pick out a melody, find some more lyrics to it, kind of get the whole idea, the whole story together of what it's going to be. And then from that point, I have some friends and I always love writing with new artists too, but I do have about five or six friends that I will call up and be like, hey, this is the song, let's all write this. And we do it for each other too. So, like, they get a good idea and they want someone else coming on the room. So, we, we all kind of write for each other. But but I love writing with new people, too. It's really fun. I just love picking people's brains and figuring out how they work and the way they see the world is so much different than the way someone else does. So, you can have an idea and they see it a totally different way and you can make this cool kind of come-together of worlds. Um, and, yeah, so co-writing is, is definitely a big thing for me. But I do like sitting in the room and writing a lot of songs some songs um i think every song on my first ep was co-written with me and another person or two other people um and then my first two releases uh were solo rights that i just wrote by myself
0: so that ep uh, north of dixie right that came out last summer sometime
1: yeah that came out yeah towards the towards the middle end of last summer. that's when I put that one out.
0: How's that one doing for you? Uh, I did pretty good. Um, I
1: probably sold it did it did good for you know being in what I feel being in the industry for like a year and a half and I sold probably a hundred hard copies of it. Um, I think almost every every song's probably over a thousand to fifteen hundred streams on it um so for being a first real big go round of of pushing and getting it out there it's been it was fun it was a good experience um right now we're back in the room we're back on saddle riding and getting ready for next year to put out some more music because it's been you know it's been a year and a half since i've put out another song so kind of there's a lot of new stuff that's been written since then that just hasn't gotten recorded and put out yet. So that's what this winter is going to be about.
0: Absolutely. So you're producing all your own songs then, I'm guessing. Uh, Last time I looked, you were still independent. So what's kind of the process there? Like once you have a song or a couple, you're ready to put out an album, how do you go ahead and get that produced?
1: So a friend friend of mine uh, named Zachary Mano was the producer for uh, my EP, uh, since that's the latest one I'll put out, that's what we'll stick with right now. And basically I come to him, I have a written a fully written song, and I would come in and I would say, Hey man, this is this is a song, and then we do some reference tracks. So uh, we all have artists that we look up to and we aspire to. Or if there's you know a certain song that you're like, Hey man, I really like the way the drums sound on this song and I think it would be cool for this. So you don't want to do a direct pull, you know, like sampling, but you do kind of come in and like, I like the way this guitar sounds, I like how bass drum sound, if we can mix these two, the feel of this one. Um, so we kind of do a lot of reference tracks talking back and forth. And then he would basically make a preliminary demo of it and shoot it back to me with my vocal on it and everything. And, and we'd talk about like, I like this guitar riff and we would go back and forth and like pull this, put this back in and we'd reconstruct it reconstruct it and then he would send me one more time of kind of a final mix and I would check, make sure it checked all of the boxes that I was looking for and then we'd master it up and then we'd move to the next song on the EP and then we'd do that for all five of them and then once they're all ready, get all the masters, put it all together and, and ship it out. Um, but this next process is going to be a little bit different. Um, it's going to be kind of the old school and it's going to have a it's this... One that I'm working on right now is going to be acoustic. So it's going to be four or five songs acoustic, and it's going to be more of that old-school style where you have three, four days in the studio, and everybody just kind of comes in, and we just sit down and play the songs over and over again, and we just start picking things out that we're like, hey, we want these riffs and this kind of stuff. be a little less technical, a a little more just letting emotions flow out and figuring out what we want to do with it. So that's going to – it's going to be cool when it's done because it's going to seem to be a very different sound than what usually comes out of Nashville, I think.
0: That's pretty exciting. So if you had to pick one, maybe two artists that you pull your sound from, if not directly, but like someone who is – you've looked at that and is like, oh, that's pretty cool. I want to try to emulate that. Is there one or two artists you can pick out that you kind of –
1: I was a big um, 90s country fan a lot. So my big – my big artist, um, who i big hero, I wish I would have got to see him and never got to see him play. He passed away before I had a chance, was Chris Ledoux. And I grew up, um, I still do, my day job right now is a foreman on a horse ranch in Tennessee. And so I train horses and all of that, the whole world, and I grew up in the rodeo world, so but the blend of the rock and roll to the Western style is kind of where I live in. And it's not the, that like nineties grunge rock and all of that is getting pulled with a lot of mainstream songs. I'll go all the way back to eighties, seventies hair metal bands with that older kind of bump movement rock and kind of put that in the country feel. So Chris LeDoux is a big one that I've had and modern day. Um, was i listened to a lot of justin moore's old stuff and that was he was the person my first concert i ever went to was justin moore concert and i was uh i was 15 my sister took me and that was kind of the point in my life where i decided i was going to be part of music and i was like i don't know how i don't know if i'm going to be on stage off stage backstage or where i'm going to be but i want to be part of the music world somehow and that's when I decided I was going to go to school for audio and then life takes more turns. And now, now we're doing, now we're, now we're from backstage to onstage. We made the switch. So.
0: Yeah. Justin Moore, uh, I could kick your ass. That's one that always, that that's yeah. the first one I could think of that I was like, Oh yeah. They could blend the rodeo kind of cowboy kind of deal to.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I play that all the time. 24 seven. And it's funny cause uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the the small town throwdown music video. of Justin Moore, he uh, he gets the fight in there, and he's he's like five eight, five seven, and I'm not very tall either. We have that like same stature, and I feel that feel it's like a it's almost, we we together almost have like that little man syndrome with that song.
0: So you said you're into rodeo growing up. Uh, do you still do rodeo? Uh, what was your event if you, or what is your event if you're still into it?
1: So my, my, I grew up in the rodeo life. Um, but I didn't grow up inventing. So I rode my first bull when I was probably like eight years old and I got thrown off into a fence and that was pretty much, I was like, all right. Um, Probably not going to ride bulls the rest of my life. But my brother yeah, at least rode, learned early. My brother rode his and he decided he was going to join rodeos. So he started riding uh, saddle broncs and then I started bringing my guitar. So we would go to rodeos and I would just play and then he would ride saddle broncs. Um, and that's what we did for a while. And then I got really into, when I was like 16, 17 that's when I started working with training horses and now I work with, uh, rescue horses doing rehabilitation and train the training the crazy back out of them that, you know, happens and making them retrust people and redesensitizing them and and all that kind of stuff. So I would say I'm more of a horseman than a cattleman, but Mm -hmm. I definitely have hung on to that piece of, of life i always will that'll always be part of it but if i could pick an event that i would do i would probably be a saddle bronc rider i always wanted to be a steer wrestler but i don't think i'm big enough
0: you know i got the size for that you know, pull it off. There's some, those are some big dudes
1: yeah five five eight five nine one forty three i don't know if i can i don't know if i'm big enough to pull it off but that was the one that i always like wanted to try
0: Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, I was never into all that. I grew up in a city, and then I'm rediscovering my redneck past because my aunts and uncles, they lived out in the middle of nowhere, and my dad was the weird one who moved to the city, went to college. I lived in the city, so I'm rediscovering my redneck roots, but never got into the rodeo thing. You know, when when I moved down here,
1: there was more people in my dormitory than in my entire high school. So for four years, five years, six years, I was living, you know, downtown Nashville in an apartment, and I was, you know, now I live a little bit outside of it, just because I'm. I grew up in such a small town. It's like I can't deal with traffic every day and all these people and this 24/7 and apartment living and you, you hear the neighbors upstairs, the neighbors downstairs, and I was like, man, I'm just. I'm too for this.
0: With your full-time job and everything, uh, are you still able to get out and play any live shows? Or like, how are you keeping uh, your brand and following involved uh, with this big gap in uh, projects?
1: Oh, yeah. So what's, what's been really helpful and the people that I've always worked with, um, my bosses and my work have always believed in my music for the last few years of me doing it, so they've been really nice. Of it's been like, hey, let us know, you know, when you got shows going on, when you got stuff going on, and uh, we'll we'll let you, you know, take a day off or go up there and get your stuff done. Um, and the other piece of it is playing a lot of shows late at night, and you really just you work, you know, you work all day. You get up before the sun. You work. You do your do your shift. You feed. You train. You do everything. You run home. You take a shower. You grab a guitar. You fly to your game you play that two three four hour show for as much as you can make in a tip jar and you turn back around and you come home and you eat some fast food on the way and you drop the guitar in the studio you go to bed you wake up and you go back to work and some days some weeks it's four shows a week and every single night you're doing it and i don't get to see my girlfriend and thankfully, she takes care of my of the dogs and everything for me when i'm doing that And she's been great and but sometimes it's four or five nights a week doing that, and so the, the opportunity to still go out and play shows, being this close to Nashville, is huge. Um, and I mean, it's always kind of there, but it does it does wear on you. It is it is difficult to consistently be doing back and forth all the time, hundred um, percent, and still maintaining that job. But I've been blessed with the people that i've worked for um i'm very honest with every job that i've ever applied for down here i say, hey i play music that's first if something comes up i will let you know ahead of time if you say no i will not be at work that day like <laughs> like, i'm <laughs> telling
0: you i'm not asking you
1: yeah that's just i mean and for the most part people are really cool as long as you're honest with them in the interview. Long as they know in the interview ahead of time, if they still choose to hire you, then
0: they got to be okay with it. Yeah, that's that's on them at that point. Yeah,
1: and my jobs have been really nice to me, so I can still I still get to play a lot of shows. I'm playing um um, playing Opry Mills Mall on Saturday, which is always a fun show because there's so many tourists, so they get to see like there was a I had a friend who was playing the the pre opera show outside stage so i was inside and then they were outside and then there was an opera show going on right after that so it's just like you walked 40 feet it was like little and then a little bit bigger and then like the thing to do and it was just like we're just one step closer that's all i, that's all I did. One it closer. another
0: 40 feet In a couple of years you'll be 40 feet up the road what's one of your more consistent venues if you have any like somewhere that you enjoy to play that it's pretty consistent. You've been there a few times down in Nashville. Uh, riders rounds, I would say. So if I'm a, if
1: I'm playing a lot of writers rounds, I play the Commodore a lot for riders rounds in Nashville, which is super fun. Get in there, go meet Miss Debbie Champion. She's a sweetheart, um, and she'll help you out. So I, I if she ever calls me, texts me, emails me, and says, "Hey, you know." can you come play a show? I'm there. Like, I'll always show up. Um, and then I played, was, I probably did five or six shows at 12 piece in Hermitage, Tennessee. And then, uh, these last, this last month, I think I did eight or nine shows, um, at the Opry Mills mall for them, which was super fun. That kind of was like a little circuit. Um, and then I played last weekend down in Lewisburg, Tennessee, and talked for that venue owner and seeing if I can go and get to play a lot more down there. which has been fun. So it's been staying I'm pretty consistent within a forty like a forty minute range of around my house of where I live, like going back and forth and playing. But it was tough because a lot of the places we played pre COVID, you know, switch names, switch owners or don't exist anymore. Yeah. So it was that it's that whole we got to restart thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. At least you're able to bounce back and find some new places to play. Is it true that down there in Nashville they've got a Taco Bell that there's live music at? And is is that can can you confirm that?
1: Oh yeah, pretty. So Nashville is funny. So it's crazy down here because everywhere does music. Every, like it doesn't matter. I've seen people play music in McDonald's. <laughs> I was doing an interview, um, for a TV show thing, and there there was there was a whole set in McDonald's, like Cajon fiddle, guitar player, singer. There was a five piece set in a McDonald's, and and everybody plays. Like I'll go to the bank to cash a check, and they'll be like, "Oh, you play music?" And I'll be like, "Yeah." And they'll be like, "I played music in '95. I played guitar for," and then they'll name some famous dude who wasn't famous at the time that they played music with like his brother in a band at some bar in like chattanooga for a while and it's just like what i don't know. everybody plays and or was a manager or something or his son did something yeah it is it's a crazy town
0: i'm trying to get down there just the uh, podcast Deal, uh, the the girlfriend might go down to college vet school down there. So okay. get the podcast rolling early, and then yeah, yeah. do some face to face interviews down in Nashville. She going to school at uh, UW River Falls up here in Wisconsin.
1: Okay, okay.
0: And then we like always toyed with the idea, like, oh, like wouldn't it be sweet to move to Nashville, like when I do my vet school? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be f- awesome. Is
1: it vet vet school
0: vet? veterinarian
1: okay so my girlfriend's a vet tech. oh see worlds collide and we're in uh, really high demand down here in nashville yeah. so i'll
0: let her know maybe this podcast blows up and we've got a little bit more uh sway on that decision but for now it's just
1: yeah it's just fun yeah. i'm just
0: obsessed with country music and if i get a chance to sit down with uh the next justin moore uh, i'm gonna take the chance to Oh, yeah, you never know, man. We're all busting our ass to make it there one day. so. We talked a lot about what you're up to and everything. Where can people find you on social media if they want to? And where do you post on TikTok or anything?
1: Yeah, so all my socials I keep is um, Owen Wallace Music. If you look up Owen Wallace Music on basically any platform, it'll show up. My TikTok is Owen Wallace. My Instagram is Owen Wallace Music. My Facebook is Olin Wallace Music. It's a Facebook page. My Twitter, I think, is Wallace Olin, but if you look Olin Wallace Music, I will show up. Um, my website is OlinWallaceMusic.com. So you can find me on any of those places. I'm pretty easy. I try to stay very consistent. If you can't remember any of the places, just Google Olin Wallace Music or Olin Wallace, and I think I'm either the first one. Or like the third or fourth if you put in Olin Wallace country artists or anything like that I'll pop up you'll see me up there so I'm not super hard to find if you guys if you're, if you're looking um, but yeah and then obviously Spotify and Apple Music and YouTube and Pandora and everywhere that you listen or stream music Amazon Music it's just Olin Wallace and, and you'll see all my music that's there and more of that's coming out and, and i do have um there are unreleased songs on my youtube that have been recorded and we did some video sessions so if you want if people want to hear music that's not actually out yet you can only hear it on youtube there's about there's four four originals and one cover on there for that so and that's all live music so that was a complete live session. I have to check it out. We sat down. There's no click track. There's no. There's no monitors. We just sat down, and it's me and two of my buddies and played Five Songs live. All
0: right, so we we've, we've talked about this new project. Do you have a time frame on that, or it's still too early to say? Or... All
1: right, so we're gonna. The the hope is to get in the studio. Um mid-december and uh early january so once we're in the studio my in january march april so i'll say april may that is the uh, that's the goal is april may is when when there's going to be some new music coming out and it's probably going to be done in singles um but we're gonna we're gonna put some new music out there. There'll be a bunch of stuff about it on my TikTok once it starts rolling. You guys will be able to see that. I'm um, also before I forget this, also starting a new YouTube series called uh, Overrated Underrated. So it's gonna get advertised on my on my TikTok as well. And then they're gonna be little eight minute clips of uh, whether or not I think your favorite artist is random. My girlfriend picks five random songs from, from country music artists, and then I'll decide whether I think they're overrated or underrated or deserving. So that's the new thing that we're, we're working on right now.
0: All right, hold on. I've got an over-underrated question for you here. Let me, all right, all right. Let me get my sources here. So we're going to do two from the same artist. All right, this is both off of Luke Combs. This one's for you. We're gonna go with "Beautiful Crazy," overrated, underrated. For me personally, I think "Beautiful Crazy"
1: was is is an overrated song.
0: Okay, I agree. I'm in agreement there.
1: It's not. It's good. It's well written. It's very good, but I think I think it it was. It just didn't do it for me. It's just it's missing like an X factor. Um, It's your. It felt very standard and very um what is the formulated Because in Nashville, there's formulas for how you write songs there's beginning middles and ends of course just should go and you know very textbook nashville i guess is how that song felt um and it didn't it didn't feel very unique so i'm gonna go with overrated on that
0: and that's one that you'll hear on the radio to this day still you hear it all over the place I agree. It was, it had its time, but that still should be on the radio. And then here's another one off the same album, Houston. We got a problem. See, and I th- so I did not hear that song
1: being played out as much. Like because beautiful crazy was, was everywhere. everywhere. It was, it was TikTok. It was radioed. It was just obnoxious in your face. And then he can't and then there's, you know, songs like Houston, we got a problem. And it's just this whole premise of you know, that feeling of loneliness and not being there, and then it's like, This is the town i in, and it's that wraparound of, you know, we have that and it again it's very Nashville, it's very orchestrated. Yep, it's but it wasn't so overshoved that I feel like it's it's pretty underrated. And the scenery he says in that song. Like I got a twelfth floor view uh, of the empty Astro Dome, and like you're there, you're sitting it, you're looking at it, and it's it's great. So I think the scenery of that song that was put in there and the way it was worded, uh, and how little it was played, I would say very underrated. Those are my those were my two cents.
0: All right, I like that because for, for Luke Combs, I, I listen on Apple Music, and he's got a deal with Apple Music. So, I'll be listening to like Kenny Fielder, like Western stuff. And then it's like Beautiful Crazy by Luke Combs comes on. And I'm like, dude, that's not the vibe. Like, there's other Luke Combs songs that you could put on that would fit this, like the same overall essence. Like, granted, they're totally different artists, but like the, you could do a little bit better. Apple. So, I know Apple Music. So, Apple Music does that thing where like you just play a random song
1: and then it just plays songs after it. And usually yep. they line up. So, I played. Um, Son of the Dirty South, which is the Jelly Roll Brantley Gilbert song, and then an Upchurch song came on. That makes sense, country rap, and everything. And then the next song that came on was uh, was a Russell Dickerson song, and I was like, "This." I was like, "I don't, I don't really. This doesn't make a lot of sense." We're like, super hard rock, country rap. To blue tacoma and i was like <laughs> i like russell dickerson don't get me wrong but i was like this i was like i don't i don't know how their logarithm works for how they put music together over there but i, I don't know sometimes it's really good sometimes it don't make no sense yeah
0: you'll get like a day like listen to on my 12-hour shift where it's just like everything lines up it's making sense and then other days it's just all over the board So I don't, I don't know if anyone from Apple Music is listening, but you got to fix your shit, okay?
1: (laughs) Used to know a curator for Pandora. I don't know if she still works there anymore or not, but knew the the like the country curator for Pandora. She used to. She was she was really cool. I don't know if she still is the same curator or not. That That was a few years
0: ago. Well, hopefully she didn't move to Apple. Otherwise, we're just talking shit on this super nice lady. yeah we're gonna get we're gonna get in trouble now <laughs> i'm gonna get cancelled before this even kicks off well i gonna get it out of the way early if i get cancelled early i could probably recover yeah <laughs> Oh my god. i was just on your website or not your website but i was on your instagram and i found this uh, your merch so could you describe did, did you design that did someone else design that uh, what's the story behind your merchandise all right so this is an interesting story.
1: So, I had a guy designing a bunch of stuff. I won't use any names, um, but I had a guy designing stuff, and I was trying to tell him, you know, kind of how I wanted it to be. And if you look at, if you go to the actual merch shop, there's two different designs. There's a skull and barbed wire, and originally the plan was that the logo with the skull and barbed wire was Going to be the OW, so the O was going to be the barbed wire, and then the skull was going to be more of a W. Um, and somehow there was a big miscommunication. It wasn't really working out that that was what was happening. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, we can't really figure out, we're not on the same page. So after like two, three weeks of designing and of him being like, him designing everything, he sends, sends over the logo. I was like, this is what it is. And yeah, that's where the skull and the barbed wire one came from. And I was like, if you look at that, there's no way in your head you go, that's an O and a W. So I was like, I did, took my phone, I took out Snapchat and I drew the O with the W through it. And then I put little arrows and I was like, these are horns. And then that's where the O, W came from. Um, so someone technically created it um but i drew it all out and sent it to him i just didn't have the software for it um put it on that is a that was i think three years ago two and a half years ago three years ago was when i started to do that I was starting to get the logo on
0: well if you ever need merch i can send you to my one and only sponsor on this podcast home park uh, he, he's done some uh, like freelance graphic design uh stevenson ranch with jelly roll and all them he he did something with them so if you ever need a guy uh, i'll hook you up with my buddy cam I was, that's
1: what i that's what i tell everybody when people move to so, Nashville, and i say you know don't chase the people with connections
0: chase the people that are good people just have a good team and he, he he blurs the lines between good good people and connections he threw a long shot hail mary prayer to Ernest to get onto this podcast but that one fell short but so he's got some connections but good good people so if you ever need a graphic design artist well we, we can hook you up that's about all i had for you today uh where can people find you coming up here in the short term there's a
1: live show on Saturday that's going to be at Opera Mills um, Mall, and then be on the lookout. Follow my Instagram, um, the Olin Walls Music on Instagram. It's the biggest thing where I post all my shows, all my updates. Instagram is the big one. I try to use TikTok just for fun content, and I'll post some new song stuff, the things that I'm working on. But Instagram is really where the information, where the shows are going to be. So. Yeah, thank you so much for having me out. This is. This was a blast. I hope you guys freaking move down here. very pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, I'll let you know. I, I got your stuff, your contact info. Um, yeah, if you ever want to come back on, hit me up. You know where to find me. Uh, but thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'll
1: definitely... When I'm doing the... Once we're in the studio and all that stuff starts rolling out, I'll definitely let yeah, you I'll know. Yeah, I'll plug it on the channel. Um, but hey, man, thanks for reaching out. I'll send you some stuff. And uh, I'll let you know when we're... When me and my team are working back on that ep and stuff and i will love i would love to hop back on it
0: and- yeah sounds good thanks for coming on the podcast what's cooking in country music you've made it to the end of our broadcast today and this is the part of the episode where i announce my sponsor home park home park clothes they have you covered for all of your clothing needs t-shirts sweatshirts shorts sweatpants can koozies be on the lookout. They're dropping a fall line very shortly. Uh, I've been talking to Cam. He's got some exciting stuff coming out over there as well as there's a promo code for our audience exclusive for those of you listening to this podcast. Promo code cooking at checkout. C O O K I N G. Get yourself 10% off your entire order. Where can I find this amazing offer you ask? That's easy. You can find them at homeparksupply.com or on Instagram at underscore homepark, homeparksupply.com or at Instagram at underscore homepark. Go check them out. Thank you very much.